welcome to the Animation Happy Hour. A podcast about breaking into the animation industry over a couple of drinks. All opinions and views expressed in this podcast are solely our own and are not representative of the companies for whom we work. My name is Ben. I'm Katie. And I'm Garrett. And we're all currently animators at Disney. That's right. And if you're wondering why we didn't do a little brief pause and caveat and say, oh, we're animators. Katie's an assistant animator. (laughs) That's because recently, (gasps) Katie, do you have something to tell us? Uh. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I'm being very bashful. I was recently promoted to animator. (laughs) And let it go on the record for all time that every time we grouped ourselves together as animators at Disney, I cringed like a little bit because my (laughs) official title was assistant animator until January this year so that's right now i don't have to cringe anymore and i'm very excited so finally that was the last thing bringing it up <laughs> now your life is perfect no more cringing yeah. ever also wow. my dad kept asking when are you going to announce it on the podcast <laughs> so we <laughs> we wanted to take a moment to say so and especially because the this he's our podcast, one sponsor <laughs> yeah he's kind of our unofficial yeah. sponsor um for those of you who didn't know you can sponsor us <laughs> <laughs> Where, right. or how do they do that again Garrett it's like a tip oh well let me thing. tell you Katie <laughs> you go on our website at www.animationhappier.com you go to tip jar and you uh, throw us a tip and you will be the sponsor of our episode yeah we'll give you a shout out just like my dad David Lowe that's right shout out thank you for supporting like, the podcast I like that we're starting this new year of the podcast with talking about our, you know, giving us money off to a good start. We've decided to focus on what really matters yeah. in 2021. Yeah. The money, and it's money, you know? money all day. Every day. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll have a moment to uh, catch up in a bit here, but uh, it's very scheduled yeah. our time. So the next thing <laughs> on the right. schedule, yeah, it is not time for small talk. <laughs> yeah. Get to the- That's, yeah, exactly. It's not here. So today we are drinking First day on the job, cause because <laughs> you know that's the topic of today's episode. It's you know it's your first day on the job. We're gonna help you out. You're gonna have some. Actually, you wouldn't probably want to have a vodka um, on your first day, but yeah, that's right. our first piece of advice. <laughs> that's what the episode is. That's a bonus free point. Yeah, yeah, but um, for me, you know, it, it, I just made a little Cosmo Cosmopolitan. It's pretty nice. Um, nice. Would you guys? Uh, make over there well first shout out to isabel for also the another idea we really enjoyed hers was uh first day on the job mopolitan i believe which yeah. is also <laughs> lovely we couldn't decide between the two so yeah it's we'll actually surprisingly hard to come up with a themed drink for this topic <laughs> yeah we we another one we threw around was first day bitters which would also be known as first day jitters yeah. <laughs> but a yeah, little bit of a, a stretch yeah. <laughs> the ones that are a little bit of a stretch i feel like are the the best you know <laughs> yeah for sure We're, yeah so critique Rita. yeah <laughs> we do want to give a disclaimer though i or there was a time we did a talk with rise up and we mentioned in that talk that we also support people who don't drink and then i remember one of the audience members actually reached out and said that meant a lot to her to be included 
Um, so we do want to take a moment to say we support all of our listeners in their decisions to drink or not to drink. So, That's right. Absolutely. Uh, yes, we want to provide an inclusive environment, even though we just spent 10 minutes talking about what drinks we're having. <laughs> Actually, right. this would have been the best episode to do like a virgin cocktail because it's themed oh, in like a... A job, Ooh, but that's yes. okay. That's okay. Dang that's it. Okay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's re-record everything. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, we're back from a hiatus. All right. That's Ooh, right. It yes. is now small talk time, it according to our schedule. <laughs> yeah. Catch up and small talk. So yeah, so thanks organic. for sticking with us. Yeah, uh, thanks for your patience. It's yeah. been a been a bit of a crazy year. Yes. Or 2020 turned out to be. <laughs> yeah, crazy. big news. If, if you haven't heard, yeah, things, yeah, a lot of stuff happened. So yeah, newsflash, I think all of us were feeling a little burnt out just from everything that was going on and going through crunch on Riot and The Last Dragon together. And then, uh, yeah, also juggling the crazy news cycle. So we all, as we discussed last episode, decided it might be a good time to take a little break and... Uh, just recharge, recover, but now we are recharged and recovered, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're ready to record. Yeah, it's crazy to think that we started this uh, podcast like last year, beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and then like pretty soon we had to kind of adapt to like a work from home setup because of COVID, and that was like definitely, it was a little bit of an adjustment because we were, you know, the whole point of this podcast at least was to kind of be together and you know, we had to figure out how to do guests remote and we managed to make it work, but definitely the, the break was really, really good for us. Um, and it was a good time to reflect and remind ourselves like why we wanted to start this. And, um, what, what I was struck by is I was looking through our analytics and like who was listening to the podcast during the break. And I was assuming that we were just going to like die off the face of the podcast world. Like I was like, okay, this is it. But like people are listening like as much as they were when we were even um, releasing episodes. So I think this is, you know, this whole, the whole goal of this podcast was to be like a valuable resource for um, students and stuff and, or anyone trying to break in. And I feel like, you know, at least to some level we've achieved that because people are, are still listening. So we really like love you guys. We thank, thanks so much for continuing to listen. Thank you. And we're going to keep going. We have a lot of of ideas, excuse me, <laughs> for this next year. Um, I think, yeah, we brainstormed a bunch of episodes. And one we want to do is what level animator are you? So you can kind of self-diagnose where are you in your animation education journey. Um, another one was Aha Moments. I think that was Ben's idea. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And continuing the and pipeline. we're going to keep going with our pipe. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I totally <laughs> stole your thunder. No <laughs> yeah. Say more. <laughs> no, we're, I, I mean, the, the pipeline episode, or the pipeline, I guess, like theme of episodes, I think is something that a lot of people are excited about. We're, it's an opportunity for us to like interview people and like uh, crafts mm-hmm. outside of our own. And I think we're probably going to kick it off with story is going to be the next one I imagine, but 
suppose. Oh, or? maybe I yeah. shouldn't say that. But there's a lot. There's a lot of <laughs> no, good no, stuff. no, no. It's great. <laughs> no, we want to entice people <laughs> yeah. listening. So stay tuned. We're, we have a lot of fun stuff. Well, I guess it's about time to move on to the actual topic, which maybe you guys picked up on from our drinks <laughs> first day on the job cut. But our official title for the episode, which you guys also probably saw when you actually clicked on it online. <laughs> anyway, the title is <laughs> Top 10 Things to Keep in Mind for Your First Job. So this is something, it's kind of an addendum to applying to jobs. Um, our previous episode, we just want to give advice for it. Hey, you actually got the offer and what do you need to do or think about in order to prepare and ensure your success at your new job? All right. So I'm going to kick it off with number one. Take your job seriously, even if it's a quote unquote stepping stone. Um, this is a big one. And I think it's because, you know, it's it's sort of a relatable one, right? We've all been there. We've all had a job where, you know, it's not our favorite thing, but we're going to, we have, you know, we have ambition to do something a little more creative, creatively fulfilling or more aligned with our goals. And I think that's totally fine. You know, we all think it's fine to be ambitious, but it's very important to take the current job you have seriously. Um, and I think that's because for one, I think people can see right through it and, you know, it's definitely... Yeah. In such a small industry, that's not good if people are thinking you're kind of checked out and you're not really, you know, taking your job seriously. And two, I think you're depriving yourself the learning that you can do on the job. And I feel like no matter what job you have, even if you think, you know, it's it's low on the totem pole, you can learn something from it. So when I was an animation technical assistant at DreamWorks, my job was to test the rigs for the animators. And I remember I was super thrilled about the job and super pumped to be at DreamWorks. But I'm not going to lie, I was a little bummed I wasn't animating full-time. Especially because I had just come from this uh, a job where I was animating. Um, and the temptation was definitely there to sort of half-ass my job. So I could be like, you know, oh, the rig's done being tested. Now I'm just going to go animate in the corner for 10 hours and work on my <laughs> wheel so I could get promoted. Um, that temptation was there, but I remember feeling too insecure about my job. Um, like I didn't want to, I wanted to do a good job so that people would like me and I wouldn't get fired. Um, <laughs> so I, I remember I was like, okay, I, I got to do my job well. And, um, ultimately I did get promoted to character animator. And while it may have taken longer than I would have liked, I actually don't regret it at all um, because, for one, by the time I was looking to get promoted, um, people were advocating for me because I, you know, I had taken this job very seriously. I had helped the department with my notes and stuff, um, but also I just learned a ton on on the job as a TA. I learned for one, how to give a rigging note and what to look out for on characters, like what animators should be looking out for, but also software stuff, um, like really technical things that I, I got a chance to learn from that role that helped me now. Um, and just, you know, kind of experiencing what it's like in animation without having that pressure of having shots. So I just learned a ton of stuff. So I guess all this being said is if you're in a similar situation as I was, or, you know, if you have ambition for 
you know, a job that's like above you right now, I think that's totally fine. I just think it's, you know, take the current job you have seriously because you're going to learn a lot and you're going to make people happy. But I'm sorry. I've like going on a monologue. You guys should <laughs> please jump in. No, it's no, great. That's great. <laughs> I super relate to it. And I feel like my story of coming from a PA background is identical where I could identify fairly early on that the actual responsibilities of being a PA didn't super duper speak to me. And I could feel like a pull towards the creative side, but I still did my job to the absolute best of my ability with the utmost dedication that I could. Um, Cause yeah, I, I still cared about it and I wanted to support my team for sure. Um, support the bigger picture film um, as best I could. And I definitely don't regret it at all for similar reasons. Like I developed great relationships all around the studio being a PA and I, developed, yeah, great skills learning about the pipeline that I absolutely wouldn't have gotten in isolation at, at, as an animator. So definitely don't regret that at all, even though it wasn't exactly a linear, uh, it wasn't even a linear stepping stone. <laughs> it's kind of an unorthodox one. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you. That's a great point, specifically with your journey. I think, yeah, it was, <laughs> it might look like a total uh, crazy left turn for your career to all mm -hmm. of a sudden go from production management to animation. But I think you had proven that, you know, no matter what you're doing, regardless of the department or position, you proved to everybody that you're easy to work with. You're a very hard mm -hmm. worker and everything. And that means so much. And, and you develop those skills, uh, regardless of, of the job you're doing. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sure that with you, Garrett, too, like it may, I'm sure doing a good job in that role also made people more receptive to your eventual promotion and helping you on your journey. Cause I had definitely experienced that where, um, I did the best job I could at story PA. And I was so lucky that, um, my head of story who at the time was Josie Trinidad actually like put in a good word with the animation department That's when I was awesome. applying, which was like an amazing, awesome. um, vote of confidence. So <laughs> thank you, Josie, <laughs> another person I love forever. Um, but yeah, <laughs> to finish out, um, the last point, the last thing I wanted to add was just, I wanted to reiterate the importance of, um, having good references and that animation is a very small industry. So that's just another reason to not treat your first job like a stepping stone that's beneath you because those people you work with are probably going to be your first referrals. Um, and who knows, maybe the team you're working with, you'll follow throughout the industry in later jobs or you'll meet them again um, and you definitely want to have a good reputation and have made a good first impression. Um, yeah. Totally. That is a great point. So that rounds out uh, point number one. Moving on to point number two. This is all about just the practical stuff that you'll have to deal with when you start your new job. In the past, we've talked a little bit about taxes and that kind of thing. So this is similarly a dry nature. When you start a new job, you will have to kind of figure out the little nitty gritty details of getting your paycheck, 
maybe you'll set up a direct deposit through the HR website at work, or you'll set it up through your HR team at work. Um, you will have to figure out figure out a W-2 or W-9 form, depending on whether you're a freelance or staff position. Um, so that means you'll have to fill out nitty-gritty information like, are you single? Are you married? Do you have... <laughs> One <laughs> always suspense. The, the yeah, first sorry. thing a recruiter asks is always like, are you single? You know, you want single hot people in the audience. And oh, then the next it. question yeah. is, do you have children? Um, so <laughs> do you have dependents? Um, so that's kind of little nitty gritty things. Um, you might, if you are in LA, have to figure out joining the union. Um, and I think if you start a union job, you might not join the union officially until like six months in or something like that. Do you guys know what that magic oh, the, number the, is? <laughs> the fee, you mean? Sorry, I missed Yeah, that. like oh, at yeah. what point you would actually join it's yeah, not like it's, right away. Yeah, I th it, it probably, so this is a good point that it's something you <laughs> should ask about. But yeah, if you're in California, I think there's a certain number of hours you have to bank before okay. you're like that's right, that's right. actually eligible for union benefits and health insurance and stuff. And usually it's around six months. Yeah, but you can kind of expect to receive like a giant mail packet when you're about to hit that point where you'll start signing up and you can set up your 401k, like how much do you want to allocate towards that with every paycheck? Um, it might, for some places, they might just default it to like 12% or something. Um, and you can decide whether to give that or less. You could decide, yeah, you can decide to give 0% to it, or you can, I think, go up to 40%. So that's something you'll figure out. Um, and yeah, you can set up other benefits like health insurance. Um, other things might start coming into play like life insurance or disability insurance, um, which are usually kind of built into your benefits package and not necessarily something that you have to pay a monthly fee for, but it will absolutely vary depending on your job. Um, I, I like this next point, which I think Garrett wrote, which I'll out, which says, figure your shit out, dog, which is really... I don't just, know who wrote that. <laughs> this is the essence of this point. Um, Recognize Garrett's potty mouth anywhere. <laughs> that's what he says to us when Ben and I aren't prepared. That's exactly right. Figure out your shit, dog. <laughs> yeah, then brings it around with the friendly dog at the end. Yes, exactly. Um, oh, man. HR, there might be certain paperwork you have to figure out or fill out, excuse me, like right when you start. And you might need to locate certain documents for identification, like social security card and number and your driver's license or your passport number or something like that. Um, so I think that's kind of it, right? For like when you're first starting something out, the nitty gritty details. Yeah, I feel like. Like, too, if you're, you know, overwhelmed by all, like, the benefits, 401k and all that stuff, you're, you're going to kind of probably figure that s stuff out as you get the job and kind of go through. So don't be too concerned, like, if you're, mm -hmm. if we're, like, giving, throwing all these things at you. I'd say, like, at least I'm thinking about myself and, like, Isabel. <laughs> like, when we started out, the big things were, like, are you freelance? Are you staff? Because that is a huge, mm -hmm. like, when we... When we first came to LA, I remember this is like hilarious because I remember being super jealous of Isabel because she got this like 
huge pay raise at this one new job. And I was like, oh, she's making so much more money than me. I want to make more money. <laughs> but tax day came around and she uh, actually owed like the government like a ton of money. It was like 30 or 40 or even 50% because she was freelance. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. And I remember, yeah, she didn't, I guess when you're freelancing, you have to technically file quarterly taxes in the United States and like you just have to deduct things and like, like I, I definitely think if you at least get the basics of this point too, and hopefully you've listened to the the uh, financial episode we've had, the money episode, which Katie, I feel mm-hmm. like spearheaded that one. She like definitely got all the info <laughs> down. Although um, I'm not a tax expert. <laughs> but by close, any means. but almost. <laughs> definitely. And I should say like, if you're going to join the union or you're starting a union job, most of the studios that are in the union have some kind of representative who can help you navigate a lot of this stuff and are way more expert at this and um, and can kind of handhold you through that process. So don't feel like you'll have to do it all on your own and figure it out. And usually also HR can be a resource for a lot of this as well. And somebody will hopefully train you um, how to fill out your time card if you need to do that. Um, so be aware that all this stuff is on the horizon, but don't fear it. <laughs> so I think that brings us to point number three. And I think this will end up being a fun one. We'll see if we can have fun with this one. So uh, this is, uh, we titled this, Work is Not College 2.0, exclamation point. Be professional, double exclamation no fun point. to be had. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so, well, I'm glad Garrett said that because it does not mean no fun, but it does mean no some things that do happen in college. <laughs> So, um, tell you what, I'm going to kind of run through our sub points pretty quickly and then I'll just kind of open up the floor and say, let's, uh, <laughs> okay, let's have wow. some fun stories and stuff. And I'm building this up too much. I hope we have some fun stories now. Um, so number one is, uh, be nice to everyone. Reputation is huge and try to make some friends. Uh, this really harkens back to our first point where, uh, ultimately I think it was Katie that, that mentioned, uh, just the importance of having good references and you know careers are very long and people move around a lot and the industry is so small that even if you're interning at some small company that you that you might see as a stepping stone doesn't mean that once you move on you'll never see those people again it's very Mm -hmm. possible you'd be working with those people in some capacity again um certainly now at disney actually i'm working with people who I at one point was an intern while they were working at uh, Blue Sky and Leica. And when I was at DreamWorks, one of my buddies um, was hired there who I worked with at PSYOP before that. So literally every single place I've been, oh, even when I uh, uh, freelanced at Hornet in New York, there are people at Disney now who Mm -hmm. were there when I freelanced there. So every single place I've ever been in the animation world, I am now working with people (laughs) who are at those places. So, um, yeah, it's incredible. So just, uh, kind of keep that, that long term in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) number two, this is a tough one. Don't gossip. (laughs) I'll I'll just leave that where it is. Maybe we'll have a fun story. I don't know. (laughs) Number three, save your venting for your significant other slash close friends. Yeah, this is a big one. Um, 
Yeah, we all like to do it. It kind of goes with number two, no gossiping. But again, I'm going to move through these. In other words, you can gossip with your significant other. (laughs) What if we just said don't gossip with your significant other? Like, don't vent. (laughs) You never know when that significant other is going to betray you. You know, every every now and then. That's true. I mean, maybe don't do it. (laughs) It's not worth it. That's right. The point is only try not to gossip. (laughs) Definitely don't gossip at work. Yeah. And if you just have to gossip, keep it (laughs) to your significant other and close friends and at home. Yeah, that's right. Well said. (laughs) So next one, number four is come to work well rested and put together. And then lastly, and possibly most fun to talk about <laughs> be careful with office relationships slash dating Ooh. yeah so so candy and garrett please feel free to uh kind of reiterate any one of these points and uh if you have any fun personal stories let's uh let's hear them <laughs> Not to push i, I feel like animation is kind of like an industry where there people do like you know date people who are their coworker. I don't know, because it's like common interests, you know, animation. <laughs> Slash are married to them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys met in SCAD, right? Yeah. yeah. That's right. I think that's a good distinction, though. Like, at least at our studio, there certainly are couples in the industry um, and even couples within the same department. Like, in our animation department, I think there's a crazy number, like six couples yeah um but i think the distinction is that most people have met before they got the job and if they did meet in studio which i think is more rare hopefully they navigated (laughs) it in a pretty professional way um what this point is really getting at is be careful with like (laughs) Being a little loose, maybe, around the office or developing, maybe I should say, be careful weaving a small web or spinning a small web. <laughs> wow, sorry. Where sorry. I think then this, this is t- this sounding harkens- more and more titillating <laughs> as you like rework I think it. this <laughs> is harkening back to the gossip point, too, because if you're somebody who maybe has dated several people in the office and they did not end, and those relationships might not have ended well, that will contribute to gossip, which is not something that you want to associate with your career or have associated <laughs> with you. Um, we're not naming names here, but just... Don't look at me. Oh I'm in a... <laughs> when I came to DreamWorks, everybody was like, Garrett is such a tease. Do not be... <laughs> do not fall yeah. for that thirst trap. Yeah, and even just from like... A purely practical standpoint, you don't want work to feel awkward for you or anyone that you've dated. And clearly, if you date a lot around the office, that's going to (laughs) create a lot of awkward situations. Yeah, it's kind of a tough one because it's not automatically wrong. Yeah, exactly. People have certainly met at the job and are very happy together and it's great. Or even if it doesn't work out, maybe they they handle it well. But it's just... You're playing with fire. No, I totally agree. I feel like I'm just picturing if it's, you know, it's a listener's like first job or something and they're uh-huh. they're really like attracted to like a girl or something. Yeah. They see a Garrett walking by. <laughs> <laughs> they see me walk by and they're like, they're like, Garrett, you are really attractive. And they start like hitting on me. And then I'm exactly. at the job and 
you know, I want to be professional. Like I can't really refuse this person's advance or I feel awkward about refusing this person's advance. That's a advances. good point. Oh, uh, that is a very good point. Makes yeah. me very uncomfortable, Ben. <laughs> exactly. Uh-oh. No, no, I'm just kidding. I, um, I welcome Ben's advances, but this is just other. This is hypothetical. <laughs> Do you guys have something to tell me? Yeah. Um, but that's a good. But yeah. that touches on a good point, I think, which is if say you really are very genuinely hitting it off with someone, maybe let things organically grow outside of work if you can, rather than flirting at the job or anything on site (laughs) i would just tread carefully um for all of these reasons definitely i i will not name uh studios or names or whatever but i've definitely i've definitely heard of situations where like a producer of a company Mm. has hit on interns and have kind of gotten with the intern at the company and then oh, wow. the interns get like kind of like let go and then a new one comes and then the Yikes. producer hooks up with the intern again. And it's I oh, man. it's like so disgusting, you know, it's like because if you're an intern, especially yeah. like uh, you want to be do a good job, you know, and like if a producer is like mm-hmm. hitting on you or whatever, like it's such a hard thing. Like, I guess this touches on something, too. If you're definitely if you're in a position of like leadership and you are interested in someone below you, it's kind of. That's really tough. Like, I don't yeah, even know how to navigate that. can get that. slimy quickly. Yeah. 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 Actually, like... that's, that's oh, a good go point. No, sorry. Sorry. It, very quick thing. I was, yeah, in my head, I was thinking this is very much uh, equals, you know, like if you're an intern, you're, you know, are interested in another intern or something, but you're, it's a really good point to bring that up is that, mm-hmm. you know, very quickly becomes like a power dynamic sort of thing if yep. that's the case. So. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Even more caution there slash maybe just totally stay away from that. That's, that's yeah. a tough one. That's actually what I was going to say okay, too, is yeah. like maybe tread even more carefully if, if you are directly working with each other or under over each other. Oh God, that's already like innuendo. <laughs> oh man. Not safe for work. You're be spinning very a web under and over. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm not naming names here either, oh, but man. definitely do not hook up at work. Oh, <laughs> which I, has happened. I have witnessed oh, this. <laughs> like, do not that is just really poor judgment so yeah. don't, don't do it as much as your hormones are raging <laughs> do not do it <laughs> that's right yeah hopefully you, that goes without saying but yeah. made didn't to those two people i saw you want your time. Uh, <laughs> your career should last longer than your raging hormones so you know, <laughs> play the long game right <laughs> oh my gosh but you know this it's good um, to note i think you guys mentioned this this isn't like a necessarily hard and fast rule like it can it can work it's just like i would be willing to bet that more often than not it's a bad idea just especially if it's yeah. like your first mm-hmm. job you want to put your best foot forward and like I would be willing to say it's probably bad, but you know, on the flip side, we're spending so much time at work that you are bound to meet people. And you're, if you're both passionate about right. the same thing, like Even it could happen. I'll say, I mean, we were already married, obviously. And um, <laughs> then he saw me still, and he was, was like, I don't know. I think uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Katie, I just, I don't know this guy, I'm feeling things. But, um, <laughs> um, Love it. <laughs> you know, I'm talking, 
uh, specifically about when I came to Disney. I mean, we definitely had a few conversations about like, okay, is this a good idea relationship wise to go Mm. from, you know, working, you know, being in the same thing, but being in separate buildings to all of a sudden like working right next to each other slash in the pandemic, (laughs) really right next to each other. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and the, and you know we're already more or less knock on wood a guaranteed thing <laughs> that we're gonna <laughs> stick together. So I just think that speaks to the fact that it can be really tricky. You know, when yeah. you're involved with a coworker, that even if you're already married, it can be a little tricky. So you know, just just be careful. We that can revisit. Um, I like how we had like five sub points, but we just I know we just talked about the most I gossipy know. one <laughs> after saying don't gossip. Yeah, yeah. We break all these rules. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll just quickly revisit the point, um, come to work well-rested and put together, which is basically a way, a nice way to say don't come to work hungover, um, <laughs> yeah, which is a college yeah. 2.0 thing. Like You definitely want to be on your best behavior, on your game. Um, so you want to don't appear tired, don't appear like sloppy and... Just try to, yeah, be very professional. Yeah. And there's certainly a difference between being a normal person and just being like, oh, yeah, this OT is like, I am Yeah, you can be tired for that reason, for sure. You mean like, yeah, I think it goes without saying what you mean. Like, (laughs) you know, you're allowed to be a human, but don't like, yeah, make it seem like your job is the second or third you know, thing on your list of, yeah. to do that day. And you know, I guess yeah. what I mean to say is don't ever appear like you are not able to do your job because of being tired or hungover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah for, sure. for sure. Yeah. So number four is very briefly to be genuine. Um, and this, another way to kind of say this is that people can tell um, if you are quote unquote, trying too hard or you're like just trying to network with them and in another or another way of saying this is if you're just trying to use people and like climb the ladder and um, further your own career. And I mean, it's so like cheesy, but really just try to be yourself (laughs) and let your relationships with your coworkers organically develop um, and don't like force relationships on people. And I mean, this is another line that's hard to draw because I think for some people this comes really naturally and others it's more difficult. But some like fairly simple ways to meet people if it if it doesn't come naturally to you is maybe look at clubs or like lunch clubs or running clubs, um, sports teams, stuff like that, that your studio might have already in place. Maybe they have yoga classes or um, figure drawing classes or something like that. And that is a great way to just meet other people around the studio. And it's already built around a common interest. So you can pretty quickly organically meet people as opposed to (laughs) like kind of approaching someone out of the blue, which is not to say that you can't do that. Um, 
And I think that there's a right and a wrong way to approach people where you can very humbly invite someone to coffee and just say, hey, like, I admire your work. I'd love to meet you and talk shop or that kind of thing versus maybe what's crossing the line is if you like literally only invite every leadership person <laughs> to coffee one by one, like that might be a little bit transparent with um, your desire to get in good with leadership definitely. or something, which again, like you can definitely meet and make friends with leadership and uh, there is a right way to do that. But I don't know. Can you guys help me elaborate on this? <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, the fact that you're even having a, a little tr trouble, like putting it in super concrete terms, <laughs> which is appropriate, I think is because this is very nuanced uh, sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's hard to say. It's like, yeah, it's, it's great to get to know leadership and stuff, but again, you want to seem genuine and like a normal person and not like your sole purpose is to climb the ladder or for job security mm -hmm. or something you want to, you know, if you're interested in meeting someone, it, it should be because you're legitimately interested for some reason, or you actually have some questions and, you know, not everything should just be networking or whatever, um, and that, you know, it is kind of tricky and that's part of why we wanted to do this episode. Um, I'm not sure if I have yeah. much more concrete ways to put it other than try to just be like a normal person <laughs> and be nice and professional yet genuine. I think that touches upon something which is like, don't come across like you need something from them or like that's the only reason that you're approaching somebody. Um, and this is a tricky point I'm about to make, but like if you're a new person who's possibly like fighting to keep your job, whether you're like an intern or um, a junior animator or something like that, that's an especially like vulnerable place to be if you're approaching like only leadership Um because then it can very transparently come across like you're trying to get leadership to like you. And it's, I guess the other counterpoint to this is like, let your work and your work ethic speak for itself. Um, obviously you want to be friendly and make a good impression, but um, it, <laughs> it just comes back to that. Like, don't try too hard. Point. Yeah. It's so hard. Cause yeah, it's hard. It's a soft skill thing for sure. Um, and another, uh, here's another tip, which I think might be great for like, if you really genuinely want to meet people, especially people that are more senior to you is maybe you have a buddy that you can like also invite to the lunch or you guys can approach that more senior person together. Like I had fellow trainees who I was good friends with and, we felt comfortable like kind of as a group approaching leadership and inviting them to lunch. And that feels a lot less like uh, self important or indulging than like <laughs> doing it all by yourself. Um, and Ben and I, like as a couple, you know, we've emailed people when we were students to meet them and mm -hmm. get to know them. And it felt like a little bit less, I don't know, trying too icky. hard because we were yeah. yeah icky is a good <laughs> word because we were doing it together um yeah it's a tricky yeah. one <laughs> yeah it's like it's it's this weird balance like you guys have mentioned genuine versus trying too hard and 
It's finding that yeah. line. I mean, and sometimes you can make mistakes and it's okay. Like we've all made oh, totally. mistakes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Be cr- yeah. Like I cringe so much of my emails first <laughs> that I'm like, oh, I remember. Just, oh, yeah. Well, we don't have to get into that because it's too painful <laughs> for me. But it sounded like you were on the verge of a great story. <laughs> oh, no. You know, yeah. like, it, well, I think Katie even mentioned <laughs> throwing Katie under the bus <laughs> of like a. Didn't you mention like a Pixar cover letter or something that was? Something? Oh yes, <laughs> it was yeah. like way too intense. There, I talked about how my heart was beating fast when I like was dreaming about working for Pixar. It was so bad. It's beautiful. Um, it was like a it's come great. on now that I think about it. <laughs> anyway. I'm so sorry for you, Pixar. Um, to throw you a more <laughs> logistical point to just round out this idea is if you are worried about like being icky or coming on too strong, totally get a friend or a significant other to proofread oh, whatever yeah. email or Slack you're going to send to someone. Um we Ben and I do that all the time where we're like, is this is this Slack okay? Like I just want to compliment this person's work, but I don't want to seem like too fangirly. And then we'll we'll proofread for each other and and say things like, Oh, maybe take out that third exclamation point. Okay, now that's good. <laughs> take out the ten smiley emojis, Katie. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, those lines about your heart beating fast. Oh, you God. Still, again, Jenny, take that. <laughs> That's why I'm not at JK. Pixar, probably. I came on too strong, so there's oh, there's your warning, uh, everyone. We, we've all had our gaps with that, for sure. Oh, my God. Okay, so tip number five. This is be humble, stay humble. Um, this is, I guess, sort of like a philosophical tip, but, you know... <laughs> We found it very important to, to mention, you know, you're new, or if you're new and you're just starting out, you're most likely to be excited, you know, eager to learn, green, hopefully humble. And this is just like a reminder to try to maintain that level of humility because I think uh, it definitely takes you far um, in this industry to have that kind of mentality. And when I when I thought of this tip, I was like thinking of... um. Uh, this supervising animator, Ronnie Namani, and I'm hoping I'm not butchering his last that? name. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope that's right. I'm sorry if it's not, but he's, <laughs> if you don't know, he's this DreamWorks supervising animator, and he most recently supervised on um, Crudes 2, and he, his character was Phil Betterman, which if you haven't seen Crudes 2 and seen the animation in this, it's like so good. Yeah. Just, generally like comedy gags and just, it's so good go see it um yeah. if you're an animator it's so so fun but anyways uh back when i was uh, at dreamworks i remember he was developing the character grimmel which was the villain in how to train your dragon the hidden world and he was doing some kind of like exploration and tests and they were so good but while he was doing them i remember he would like swing by my cube and just like ask me you know, what I thought about his test and like, oh, like, what do you think about this audio clip? Like, what do you think about this idea? And at the time I was a TA and I was like, I am just like a peasant. Like, why are you coming to me? <laughs> like, why are you asking me? And he, granted, he didn't like do this all the time. I wasn't like his best buddy to like come up with the notes, but like he did several times and we would brainstorm. And I remember like just thinking that 
this at the time he was like a supervising animator so good i was like you i don't know it just met, met like it made me feel like my opinion was um like valued by him and that he wasn't like above me even though in my opinion he was like well well above me but i was just like that i feel like that mentality um uh i've seen that a lot in a lot of animators yeah. throughout the industry like there's plenty of animators at disney and if i if i were to call everyone out it would be too hard and people get mad because i wouldn't mention them but there's so many of like <laughs> people like that but i yeah. doubt that struck to me because i was just like dude if you have that mentality i think you will go far and i think it says something that he's you know a supervisor and he's still getting notes uh and has been from... nominated for multiple annies there you go <laughs> yeah. like i should have mentioned that too yeah so it's like that if you can maintain that humility that you have when you're starting out i think you are going to go far and you're you know you can take anything from anyone and you know it's just really like inspiring to be able to like you know get notes from anyone yeah so that's that's what i think what do you guys think about this that man i i love that you brought that example up but ronnie is the best (laughs) and um yeah katie and i talk about this all the time um, I was so struck, same thing, coming to DreamWorks, um, talking with supervisors and stuff. I was always so scared to address these people. And, and then similarly, was blown away by how friendly and not intimidating they ended up being. And so now we always say like, gosh, no matter how good you are, you have no excuse to be a jerk because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there are there's no shortage of people who are incredible and who are also wonderful people. Yeah. So if you are incredible and a jerk, you immediately you're obsolete because they, you know, it's not good enough to just be good. You have to be nice and, you know, pleasant to work with. And I mean, frankly, in the studio environment, somebody who is maybe not as good, but still good and easy to work with is, is so much more valuable than somebody who is incredible, but a jerk, because there's going to be notes, things are going to have to change. And if you're not easy to work with, it's, you know, it's a deal breaker, you know, definitely 100%. Some other things to kind of watch out for to like live this point out. If we want to get a little more nitty gritty, like if you're an animator or even if you're, you know, a story artist or something like that, don't ever complain about what you've been assigned or as we like to say, like what you've been cast, mm-hmm. um, as we like to say in the industry. <laughs> I don't know why I use that like phrase. <laughs> but yeah, don't don't complain about what you've been cast. Um, this is re- kind of related to the stepping stone point too. Like take it seriously and do your best work. It might not be immediately the most challenging thing or the thing that would make you grow the most, but it's still like you're playing a role in the production and you're helping the bigger picture um, and everything is important. So definitely do your best and have a good attitude and um, take and receive notes well. Like (laughs) try not to argue with a note. Um, There are special situations where maybe, you know, you'll have a bit of a discussion or collaboration about notes. But, um, yeah, definitely be very gracious um, and receptive. Um, And (laughs) this next point I jotted down is requires a little bit of explanation. But 
I jotted down, read the room before making suggestions and pitches. So this this is a special note, which is basically like, I've heard of situations where people who are pretty junior or unestablished, like immediately launch into giving <laughs> the directors like a pretty big pitch or story note or something. And it might not even it's be amazing. on their shot. Um, it might be on somebody else's shot. So, so it's kind of a situation where um, you maybe haven't quite earned the respect or authority yet to be able to give that note without it kind of rubbing people the wrong way. I, I hope I phrased that correctly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because I don't want to give the impression that um, you can't ever collaborate or you can't ever kind of blue sky ideas with other people because we do do that as well. But definitely like when you're a little bit newer, be a little careful about that kind of thing. You don't want to come off like you think you know more than the directors. Um, so Definitely, yeah. Read the room. Let the directors speak the most if you're in a daily session. Maybe um, if you have an idea for a shot, maybe pitch it to your soup first or that kind of thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just navigate that kind of stuff carefully. Yeah, well said. I'll just add to this. Um, this is something I feel very passionately about. And we've talked about in the past is that people learn at all different um, <clears throat> speeds and, mm-hmm. and have growth periods at, you know, different, uh, kind of places and on, you know, periods during their career and basically learning and getting better. It's not a linear thing. And even if you start out really good, it's no guarantee that you'll continue to improve and vice versa. Mm-hmm. If you struggle, it doesn't mean you're, you're doomed to, you know, not be a good animator or whatever. Um, So the way I fold this into this discussion is that even if you're killing it in school and you get a bunch of internship offers and you just think you're like God's gift to animation or whatever, (laughs) stay humble because you know what it, you know, things might've just worked out for you this time around. You might've kind of gotten lucky, you know, not to take away from your achievements, but just know that. There are a lot of people out there, careers are long, and I don't know. The the person who was passed up for the internship and who you got it over might end up being your supervisor later. Um, so, yeah. you know, and I don't say that just to be, you know, self-preservational, but just to, to treat people with respect because you don't know, you know, people learn on different timelines and you just have no idea. Like, it's incredible to see like how careers unfold and the journeys people take. And, you know, just from our experiences, we have not been in the industry that long, but I feel like all of us have already seen, you know, people who are super senior supervisors and are, are now working below people who are, are much younger than them. And, you know, vice versa, sometimes people who maybe if you get those internships and you do great right away, they continue along their way and they keep doing amazing and have wonderful careers maybe people who start out really strong then kind of plateau and and don't go, you know so it's all over the map so really how you're doing right now is no guarantee of how you're going to be doing a couple of years from now so mm-hmm. stay humble <laughs> like yeah. i said you know um, i'll be really, well really direct for a moment and this also directly relates to the stepping stone tip which is do not be very oh gosh 
I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. <laughs> Do not be obvious that your only dream in life is to work at Pixar and like that you don't care about the other studios or that working at the other studios <laughs> is like a negative yeah. or something that isn't your true dream. And maybe it's not Pixar, maybe it's Disney, maybe it's Sony, whatever it is. Don't, if you're not working at that studio at the time, don't be obvious that you don't like that you're working at that studio. Maybe I could approach this in a different way. Oh, okay. I, th I feel like that point <laughs> is good. Like, yeah, because it, it implies if you like, if you are feeling that way, it implies that you can't learn anything. Okay. So, so for instance, say yeah. like my dream is Disney. Like that's all I want. That means that if I'm at some small studio, some small game studio, like I can't learn anything from you. You're just a peasant studio that has no, you know, value. And this is like one of the, and that's what it comes across as. So yeah, it's very, you definitely yeah. need to be careful. Like, I think it's, I think you're right to say that, honestly. Yeah. And yeah. I say this especially for students because, yeah, and especially as students are approaching your first jobs, because I, we see it time and time and again that students perhaps are overconfident about like where they want to work someday and and it comes off as extremely pretentious and demeaning to any other studios and it absolutely can create a paper trail where later on if you apply to one of your like second tier studios they can see that <laughs> online you put in your profile going to be a director at Pixar someday or like whatever it is that just unfortunately <laughs> comes off extremely cocky and not in your favor. Um, while I'm getting a little heated. <laughs> it is so passionate. Right I just, I, I understand like that people, you know, you want to be confident and you want to visualize the future and like, pursue your dream, but you absolutely don't need to be cocky to do that. And you don't need to like shout it to the world. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it a secret. Yeah. 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 I think you can be much more discreet about it in a way that like won't piss off recruiters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The reality is like getting, getting any job is amazing. You know, like yeah. if you, yeah, if you well get said. out of school and you get a job, like, Congratulations! Like that's <laughs> hard. It's hard to get yeah. a job. Like you should pat yourself on the back. Whatever you get, I don't care what the job is. It's hard. So yeah, yeah. You shouldn't. No one's above anything, and we've all, you know, gone through it. So I love. Yeah, I love what you said. Yeah. yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, and there's certainly a way to. Uh, sorry, I feel like I'm just yeah beating the <laughs> the same drum. No, here now, but no. Um, yeah, I love what you said. That you know you should you should. You know, if you are really lucky and you get a great opportunity or something, certainly be happy about that, you know, but there's a difference between being happy and proud of yourself and being cocky or, or looking down on other studios or whatever. Mm -hmm. And a big thing I believe in is just because a particular job is not right for you, it doesn't mean there's something automatically inherently flawed or lesser about that thing. Like, maybe yes. you just don't really fit in at this other studio, but that doesn't mean this studio is that other studio is bad per se, you yeah. know, maybe you just kind of like this other one more. So, you know, just be sensitive to those things. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I'm worried I came off like way too negative on this, but I'm coming from a place of, I've had multiple students reach out to me as a Disney animator and somewhere in their social media presence, they made it very obvious that they want to be at Pixar. And it just makes (laughs) me wonder. Triggered. Okay. okay, Why, like, why did you reach out to me then? (laughs) Why didn't you reach out to folks at Pixar? Um, So be careful about that kind of stuff um, because Especially if you're on social media, it's like very, very traceable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well said. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that was good. I think that was great. I feel, just, no, yeah, I think it's really right. good. I am that a little triggered, that. but I just I, I don't want you guys to lose job opportunities because of this kind of thing. So that's ultimately ultimately that's exactly it's coming right. from a good place. <laughs> yeah. That that's yeah. very well said. That's a good way to sum that up. So our next point is to ask questions, communicate, and take responsibility. Uh, This is a big one. We've kind of touched on this here and there in past episodes, but this is a huge one that I think, oddly enough, I think animators oftentimes are really bad at this, (laughs) and maybe (laughs) artists in general. Um, But yeah, I'll kind of briefly run through these things, and then, you know, Katie or Garrett, feel free to jump in. But generally, this is about like, you know, don't be afraid to admit if you don't know about something and, you know, show a genuine interest. That's always a good thing. Um, a big thing is just, gosh, you communication sounds like such a soft skill, but it's so not a soft, meaning unimportant skill. In fact, it's incredibly yes. important, yep. especially if you're working at, well, really anything in animation, because it's such a collaborative um, medium that you just have to be willing to communicate. And a lot of times that means taking responsibility for, for things that maybe you're not proud of per se, that that's quite an interesting way to word it. Maybe I should say (laughs) that differently, but uh, taking responsibility, meaning like, Oh, that, you know, I know I have this deadline, but unfortunately because of these notes or whatever, what I'm dealing with, I don't think Mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to hit that. And that's not a fun thing to do, you know, to say like, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this, but as not fun as that is, it's 10 times better than getting to the deadline and everybody's expecting you to have it done. And then you say, Oh no, actually I'm nowhere near being done. So, um, I guess you could also say that part of this is just being a team player and, and what goes with that is kind of putting your ego to the side and uh, just being real (laughs) and open and honest with everyone. Uh, do you two have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, from a very practical standpoint, too, if you're able to give advance notice of not being able to hit a deadline, that allows production to react. And maybe that means that they'll give you an extension on your deadline. Maybe it means they'll give you extra overtime hours, or maybe they'll add an animator if you're an animator to your shot to help you with the work. So Um, you definitely want to give your team an opportunity to react so that they can help you and also notify downstream (laughs) that something might take a little longer. So there's very real production implications for communication. It could also be the opposite thing too. We're coming at it with the kind of negative thing, but it's possible that you have an assignment and you're like, Hey, you gave me three weeks for this, but honestly, I think it's going to be done in a week and a half Mm -hmm. Um, because that's equally important because they might be like, Oh, okay. In that case, we're going to change around this scheduling for, 
the artist who's taking over after you or whatever. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just communication in general. But sorry, I, I jumped in there. Oh, no, a that's, a, that's a great point. Um, it's so important not to hide if you're struggling. And we brought this point up, especially because you're new at your first job, and maybe you don't want to let on that <laughs> you're struggling a little bit because you want to make a good impression and you don't want to appear weak. But honestly, it appears strong when you communicate and um, it shows that you have an awareness of the pipeline and it shows that you are a team player, like Ben was saying. And um, uh, it's, it shows a certain maturity because. The worst thing you can do is, yeah, not notify anyone and then not hit the deadline and have to have people track you down. I totally agree with what you guys are saying. And I'm thinking if, you know, if you're a listener and it's your first job, one way to um, kind of avoid these uncomfortable situations where you feel like, oh man, it's this bombshell. You're most likely working with someone who's your direct supervisor, right? If you're starting Mm -hmm. somewhere, there's someone you report to. And what I would say is just be communicative with that person, like show your work early and often as much as you can without being, you know, you don't want to go too much, but just like show your work to them. And and for instance, if you're an animator and you have a a direct supervisor and it's your first job, just be like, you know, get to where you're comfortable with your blocking, where you feel like it's like, okay, I can show this, you know, without being like embarrassed by it. And I I can caveat that like, you know, these are the things that I need to work on. Um, just so that the the supervisor has some time to course correct. And if you do that often, like then you're not really to blame if if you're to miss the deadline because the supervisor knows where you're at at all points. That's a great you know? point. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Like and I do think there is a flip side to over communicating when you're starting out too. I was thinking about this. Like if you can Google the question you're asking to your supervisor, then that's not a good question. Like, I don't care <laughs> oh, that's what it is. You yeah. know, like, if it's like, oh, can I make a new layer in After Effects or something? Like, I would be, you know, if I was a supervisor, I'd be like, I could be kind of pissed. I'd be like, you're wasting my time for something that you can, like, quickly figure out. Maybe that's, wow, maybe that's harsh. Harsh Garrett coming out here. <laughs> no, it's okay. What do you guys think about that? It's interesting. It's a little tricky. Um, I... I mean, maybe for a technical question or something, maybe there's a buddy or like a cube mate that you could ask that question to. Yeah, I'm pretty mixed on that because I totally, I agree that I wouldn't want to go to like the head of animation (laughs) and ask them a little technical question, you know, but then there are things all the time where, you know, with Katie working next to me here from work from home, I'm like, wait, where's that tab for this or whatever? (laughs) You know, so maybe there, yeah, like Katie was saying, it's good to have like a little buddy system or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But But your soup, like, you know, you're like you said, like your supervisor, like the head, like if you go to the head of animation and be like, oh, you know, I have this question that's like, Something that you can easily, like, you know, address online. Like, Google, it would be a two-second Google search. That's, like, kind of what I mean is, like, you can look that up. Just, that's fine. However, you should be communicative with your supervisor in terms of, like, your work and everything. But, that's that's. I'm glad you brought it up because it's, what you're saying is 
True, for sure. And again, all of this stuff is so nuanced, <laughs> you know? And yeah, yeah. I, I think that's why so often when you're starting a new job, I always feel like the first few weeks I come home and I just want to go to sleep immediately <laughs> because it's so exhausting because you're kind of hyper-analyzing all of yeah, these decisions. Yeah, very true. Um, so just know if you are experiencing that, it's totally normal. <laughs> You'll probably get more into a groove later. Um, but yeah, it is kind of difficult to have these things. And, you know, this is good stuff for like end of year reviews and stuff. If you ever have those with supervisors mm. or just anytime you can kind of, you know, after you've had a couple months at a company and you're like, oh, you know what? I ask a ton of questions. I wonder if I could just like ask them to coffee and be like, hey, I know I <laughs> have a tendency <laughs> to be kind of chatty about this or whatever. And just check in and be like, you know, give it to me straight. Do I need to, uh, figure stuff out more on my own or, or do mm -hmm. I seem kind of part of the course or whatever? And yeah, I don't know. I'm always very pro open, honest, like, you know, yeah. I, I think it is a matter of finding your people, like trusted mentors that you can always ask questions to. And hopefully that can also be a two way street where sometimes, you know, you can return the favor um, in certain ways or just make sure to be extremely gracious and grateful if somebody helps you. Like I um, asked Garrett a ton of like dumb questions when I started DreamWorks <laughs> and then I offered him, <sighs> I don't know. I, I was trying to improv something and then nothing came. I was excited for you. I know. You know, originally I had it like flipped around. Oh, I remember I what like, you offered me. <laughs> All right, let's just leave it at that and move on. <laughs> no, <it's> just, yeah. <laughs> One thing I want to mention with the point of communication is just uh, the importance to also communicate with production management in addition to your creative supervisors. It might be a little confusing because you kind of have multiple people over you, but I try to be very careful about like if it's anything schedule or deadline related to also clue in my production supervisor uh, or coordinator, whoever's in charge of the schedule, because uh, the creative soups are insanely busy and the schedule is not really their top concern and they're not the ones handling the dates and shotgun. So it's very possible that maybe your creative soup stops by and you guys have a discussion on the shot and you tell them that you think you need more time and that might not get relayed to production <laughs> because <laughs> that person's just insanely busy. So I try to slack both together, creative and production, if there's anything schedule deadline related coming up. Um, so just keep that in mind for your first job if you're an artist. And I bet you that's because you have that production back. <laughs> I don't do that enough. You're, you're saying this and I'm like, oh, crap, I have to do that more. <laughs> like legitimately. So you, that's what you learned being in production. Yeah. Which is awesome, I mean, right? there will be situations where they walk around together, so you get a two for one, but just in that <laughs> situation, try to over communicate in terms of the number of people you're notifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. And we're certainly coming at this from a very large studio perspective. Yeah, that's but, true. But I, I think it uh it certainly applies, regardless mm -hmm. of where you are. Just, you know, make sure the the powers that be that <laughs> are worried about these things, uh, know about these things. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, one scenario I wanted to bring up with communication, and I can't honestly remember if we got, if we've already talked about this is just like what to do in the scenario where 
either you receive a confusing note or you receive conflicting notes from two different people or multiple different people in leadership at different times. <laughs> Cause that, that can be a really tricky thing to navigate if you're a new person is maybe your supervisor gives you one note, but then the head of animation gives you a directly conflicting note or the director or whatever it is. <laughs> um, and in this scenario, I think it's very important that you don't necessarily just become a yes man and, and that if you receive a note or the second conflicting note you receive, make sure you notify that person, oh, you know what, I've already received this note from this other leadership person, like, do, do you think we could have a conversation about that or or try to navigate it that way where you're notifying all of the parties involved so that maybe they can help you sort out what to prioritize. Um, and I will say, I think the best supervisors are very aware of this um, and very careful not to step on each other's toes. And if it's a note on a different supervisor's character, they'll say, oh, but listen to that supervisor over me and um, that kind of thing. But I just wanted to bring it up as a scenario that you might encounter where you're in a position where you've received very conflicting advice or very conflicting direction. And rather than wallow in it, <laughs> make sure to communicate that you've received this to your leaders. I have a quick story about that. When I was interning at Blue Sky, I was working on a little test where <laughs> to this day, I don't know if they were testing me with this or if it was like an organic problem that just came about. And maybe I should actually ask someone now, now that I'm a man. But, um, <laughs> um, I remember I was doing a little test where I had like this beetle that came into frame and, and landed on something. And I had like a specific like um, supervisor for that test. And then I had like my main like overarching kind of intern supervisors and the overarching intern supervisors were telling me, I forget exactly what the situation was, but let's just say they were saying like, oh, make this faster. And then the shot supervisor was saying, let's spend a little more time with the beetle like flying in and whatever. And they were directly conflicting notes. And it is a story about me failing miserably <laughs> at this because I I was so like afraid of like even possibly being seen as like disagreeing with someone or like <laughs> doing anything other than being like, yes, okay, you're right. I'll do it. Um, <laughs> I, I never said anything to the other supervisors. So like the one oh. would come by and I'd be like, okay, I'll make it faster. And then the other would come by and I'd be like, okay, I'll slow it down. And then the other would come by that first one would come back. And then I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll make it faster. And to this day, like I said, I don't know if they knew and, and they were just <laughs> testing me or if it was an organic thing. But clearly the correct thing was just to be honest and say and be diplomatic and say, I I could totally see the value in either one of these. I would love for us all to get on the same page. Could we possibly have a meeting where we all sit down and decide what we want to do? Um, yeah. And that would have fixed it. Uh, but instead, I spent two weeks just freaking out and, <laughs> and going back and forth, making it faster oh and slower. My God. And uh, I was terrified the whole time. But yeah, so I that's, can't uh, tell yeah. if that's like a huge dick move or if that's hilarious. Like it's one of the two. Like <laughs> yeah, if that was an actual test, right. like 
it's either like a horrible thing to do, <laughs> like haze, but or it's like yeah. really funny. It's so funny. I I feel like it was uh like it was just something that yeah, happened I organically. Think it was I cannot organic imagine that where... all the supervisors were yeah. very kind and supportive. So I I don't think they, they were just have, available at different times. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was really funny. funny though. Yeah. Do you remember that when I was going through that? I do remember. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was crying at night. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to do. It brings up a good point, though, which is that sometimes the best thing to do is to get everyone together and or try to get multiple people to visit at the same time. Um, Like something we do in our animation rounds a lot is like, hey, can you invite the heads of animation too to this meeting so that we can get their opinion all at the same time as your normal uh, shot supervisor. So um, definitely be aware that sometimes the best thing you can do is to just facilitate a meeting of the minds so that people can kind of hash it out in real time. Yeah, Um, And that can go for inter-department stuff too, where like your shot is going to heavily influence effects or tech anim or something. And, um, and it's a very collaborative shot where everyone really needs to just get together and talk and talk it out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very well said. And some degree of back and forth is kind of un- unavoidable here mm-hmm. and there, but I-, I love everything you just said. And yeah, ultimately just, you know, be open, honest, mm-hmm. you know, talk this stuff out. Yep. Yeah, when in doubt, more communication is good. Yeah. You know, when sure. in doubt. If, you know, we, we talked about it being, you can go too far with it, but probably it's better. When you're just starting out, it's good to be, because you're expected to probably be a little more new. And like, I mean, yeah. most people working with you can acknowledge that. All right. So our next tip is manage your expectations. And Ooh. we put this here um, just to prepare try to like prepare you if this is your first job you know um to just like prepare your expectations in terms of like you know your job might not be a uh an amazing like disneyland experience or like you know you might not like become the ceo or something (laughs) like you might i mean this is i don't want to like insult any of the listeners like you know intelligence or whatever but i do feel like there, you know, we unfortunately have seen people who have like left the industry because they've gotten a job and they've had these expectations about what the job would be for them. And they think like, oh, like I'm going to be, you know, like a show creator or I'm going to be able to have so much control. Um, and, you know, when you join a job, you're typically, you know, it's like a, it's a job and it's part of a company and you're a small cog in the wheel. And that's kind of what, what it is. So, we want to prepare you guys and just let you know that that's okay. You know, again, we like we said before, it's okay to have ambition. Just know that, um, you know, you might not be the creative voice in the room all the time, and that's that's fine. Um, but yeah, just manage your expectations about what the job is going to be and like what uh, what um, result you might have with it. But please feel free to jump in, you guys, if I did that justice or not. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's a great point. Um, I think we can all honestly say like we love our jobs and they're extremely creatively fulfilling, but um, you definitely (laughs) do need to be aware of like 
oh, maybe, you know, you're coming in as a junior animator and you're not going to get cast the, like, amazing 360-degree singing <laughs> shot of Anna at the end <laughs> of her song right away <laughs> or something like that, yeah. um, which is something you can work towards, absolutely, but maybe it doesn't happen right away. Or maybe, you know, I think another point about this is just, like, it's okay to be tired and get exhausted from your job. Like that's normal too. Like it's not, it's going, it's still going to feel like a job, <laughs> even yeah. though we like what we do. Um, it's still challenging and, and draining sometimes. And it's, I can't lie and say that most mornings I wouldn't prefer to sleep in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like take a long workout break at 3 p.m. But, um, but yeah, I still love my job. It's just be aware that it's a job and it's not like a, yeah, it's not a walk in the park. <laughs> yeah, that's, these are all, uh, I love what both of you said. I have a couple <laughs> sub points. Um, first I want to say, I think what goes hand in hand in with this is that like, you have to focus on what you're going to be okay with doing day after day, every day. Right. And a big thing, and I'm sorry, I know I've like kind of said this stuff before, but just like having a name on your resume will not sustain you through a whole career. Mm -hmm. So like mm -hmm. if you, so part of managing expectations is like, and I am certainly guilty of this where I remember when I was like, you know, first started studying animation, I was like, Oh my God, if I ever get into like a big feature film company, that'll be it. I mean, every day will be like the happiest day of my life and I'll be <laughs> skipping the work and blah, 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 you know? And it's very cool. And it was very rewarding to get that offer and stuff. But like Katie said, like, it's a job, you know, and yeah. you're still and I, I think, you know, not every day, I'm not every day going in and being like, like Gary said, it's not Disneyland, it's being an animator at Disney, you know, so you have to focus on I think if I did not enjoy just animating, <laughs> I would be having a rougher time than I am because just being at a place really, you know, the novelty wears off pretty quickly, you know, and I, I don't mean to say that negatively. It's just like, you know, the, the sticker shock of being at a particular company, um, is cool, but it, you know, you just need to focus on what you'll actually be happy doing day after day. Uh, I feel like I'm wording that kind of clunkily, but no, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I totally feel the same way. I mean, this reminds me of that scene in soul, which I'm just going <laughs> to spoiler alert. Don't listen to this if you haven't seen it, but that scene where the main character finally gets the gig with the band and yeah. Yeah. he talks to her, to the main girl woman from it. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I thought this would feel like different. Like I thought, you know, my life, like, this is just weird that I'm here now. And, you know, he just realizes that, like, oh, no, this is just, like, you know, like, it's it's just more of the same. It's not more of the same, but it's, like, not that different. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I feel like it's what you guys are saying. Like, don't expect your life to just be, you know, just perfect now, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. It's not. Um, no, you're exactly right. And, yeah, Soul said it, like, <laughs> so beautifully gotta love that movie but, uh, <laughs> yeah 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 it's like yeah this is really cool and you can really enjoy it but you're still the same person it's still the same world it's a job you know yeah i'm also reminded yeah. my second little 
little storyette I wanted to tell <laughs> was uh, I remember uh, when I was at DreamWorks, I showed my parents around one day. They flew in from Ohio and we walked around and we were walking around the campus and there were like people playing ping pong outside and stuff. <laughs> and my dad, my dad, who granted is an emergency room uh, physician. So his life is like very stressful, very high paced. Oh my God. Literally even, life and death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, so he said to me, he was looking around, he's like, Ben, do you like get stressed? <laughs> because I think looking around, he like could not even imagine. It just looked like a party, you know? And <laughs> as funny as that was, like it, it's kind of like, it's sort of like the view I had before I was right, working in there. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, working at a feature film company. Like You see like the behind the scenes yes. and like Pixar animators are are riding a scooter to their next yeah. meeting or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you feel it's like, oh wow, every, everybody's just in, eccentric and fun and it's a party. And it's there's a lot of truth to that. But also, like we said, you still have deadlines and you're freaked out about finishing this on yeah. time or like, oh gosh, like, you know, a month ago I was cast these really great shots. Now I didn't get so great shots. Does that mean they're losing faith in me? How is my career trajectory overall? I mean, all these things. Yeah. And it's I mean, like, we're like evaluated on a daily basis in some form, which yeah. is inherently stressful. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I was just so struck by it when my dad asked that. It was so funny to me because it's like, you know, from the outside looking in, I think it's so easy to have such a rosy view of the industry in general and then specific yeah. companies for sure. Um, so it's just good to know that, you know, if you get your dream company, that's awesome. And like Garrett said earlier, you should be so happy and proud of yourself. Uh, but know that it's a job <laughs> and yeah. even your dream job is still a job. Um, so, and I guess kind of the underlying lesson for this is I would say don't freak out if yeah. if you get in there and it's day two and you're like, oh, my God, why am I nervous? And I don't really want to come to work right now. And I feel uncomfortable. Like it's because you're starting a new job and it's a job yeah. and it's normal, you know, and, you know, if you are three years in and then you're like, oh, God, I don't really want to animate this shot. That doesn't mean you're a bad animator. It's just it's a job and you don't always feel like working. It's totally <laughs> fine. Like. I think sometimes we can, it almost reminds me of, uh, you know, younger people having like super rosy views of like romantic relationship, you know, where it's like, oh, Whoa, we're, we're going to, yeah. <laughs> hold on, we're going to get super real. But you know what I mean? <laughs> that like, you know, there's all this talk about like having a soulmate and it's going to be like, you know, every moment's going to be, you know, absolute bliss. And Katie keeps darting her eyes at me. But it's not it's <laughs> all the time. But the yeah. reality is, you know, just like with anything, it's it's relationships take work too. Exactly. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you know, just like anything, everything is a mix in life. Yeah. And it's yeah. you know, as if you take a lot of joy from something, you're probably also gonna have to put a lot of work into it too. And yeah. it's not always fun. A lot of times For some it is reason, fun. And, yeah. For some reason animation in particular, I feel like is romanticized in the media a lot. And yeah. um it does like people think you're just like playing games in your job or like, yeah. you know, you're just having a fun time all like, I don't know. I like even my parents, like, I don't, I don't know how much they really understand. Like 
you know, it's funny what you said about your dad, like being like, are you stressed all like at all? And <laughs> yeah, y- it, you know, we are in our jobs. We're stressed. It's no, like if you compare it to like a surgeon or something, it feels so ridiculous. But like in our world, like we are, like you guys said, we're stressed a lot. Yeah. This is a juicy topic because I feel like I have a few points too, which <laughs> like I, I will say like I do genuinely have pinch me moments where I'm like, I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this. I like yeah. this is I'm animating yeah. the most silly, ridiculous thing and it is really fun. Um, But then that can be immediately followed by tons of overtime where I become like, frankly, a shitty spouse or a shitty like sister and I don't respond to text messages very well because I'm too busy with work. And and then you're reminded, yeah, this really is a job and it's taking away from other parts of my life that are equally, if not more important. So like you have to balance that again. Um, and... Yeah, I think you're right that so many of us come into the industry with like a super romanticized view. And like you were saying, Ben, like don't be, don't put yourself down if your vision of your career doesn't immediately align with how it actually plays out or your, your vision of your dream job doesn't exactly measure up to how it yeah how it plays out again um and it probably and possibly won't (laughs) i'm sure it will be different than what you're envisioning in some way um so just kind of mentally prepare yourself for that adjustment if you can and this all of what you just said katie reminds me of back to guillermo's episode the uh, demo reels episode his tip was something like have a sense of purpose that's outside yeah. of animation. Yeah, and it's like, for sure. I think for me, like I'm still like learning that. And I feel like I'm still, you know, like that's just a continual thing. And I feel like that's so important. That's like the most important mm-hmm. thing that I just want to keep reiterating to people, like have, you know, have more than just your work to have a purpose. And I think that's in some ways the message of that movie soul, which we gush about a lot is like, it's not just your work, you know, you're more than that. Oh Um, my gosh. Can we, let's just talk about soul for a second (laughs) because Pete doctor is probably the number one reason I went into animation. All of his movies are like my favorite movies. And to have someone like Pete doctor who has directed multiple of my favorite movies and is the chief creative officer of Pixar has won every award you can imagine. (laughs) Yeah. If his message is don't focus too much on the end goal and enjoy the little moments in life, then we should listen to that because he has literally (laughs) achieved everything one could achieve in animation. Yeah. So if that's what he is, (laughs) yeah. <laughs> all Please. right you know i know we were hesitant yeah. but let's just give him a call <laughs> but if that's what he yes. chose to make a movie about then gosh like we really should listen to that yeah. <laughs> yes it's very well said. not to say we shouldn't pursue those goals but like that's not the only thing in life i yeah. feel like he spoke to like so many people like specifically in the animation industry too like yeah, I don't know where we make 
so much of our lives like anim- animation and it just i don't know it felt that's why I, it was just it was such a well done movie um yeah yeah, yeah. anyways i have a friend who um she recently asked a, a very deep question which i thought was so interesting um to me and one of our other best friends and she asked do you see yourself running a goals driven or a values driven life and it really took me aback because i think especially americans are like hyper on the goals driven track and that's a, a theme that soul explores and maybe <laughs> maybe we should all kind of reevaluate that a little bit um and consider that question Because, yeah, it's possible that you might achieve certain goals and they feel empty. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, so our next point is remote meeting etiquette. This is a big one, especially now during quarantine times. (laughs) And uh, who knows what will happen after quarantine. Uh, Maybe there will still be, uh, well, probably there will still be a lot of remote work going on. So we wanted to take a little bit of time to talk about uh, etiquette in that regard. And uh, obviously, we're all doing a lot of Zooming and G-chatting and stuff. So I'll just run through these very quickly. And then Katie and Garrett, feel free to hop in. But uh, first, I want to talk about uh, a camera checklist, basically. something You might want to even like <laughs> practice in you know, <laughs> Apple's photo booth or something before you actually go live on your camera just to make sure that your lighting is okay and you know things look okay. Uh, make sure your camera and, and microphone are working. Is the angle okay? Is your background gross? And I say that right now as I'm looking at myself in a Zoom meeting and I see a bunch of like cat beds in the background and stuff. That's but, not gross. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, this sounds like silly little stuff, but just like with a lot of the things we talked about, it, it's kind of uh, the sum of all these parts kind of add up. Um, oh after my gosh, a while I have a story of, about this. Oh, I keep going. Gosh. No, I, I want to stop talking right now. Oh. But <laughs> basically, it, basically, it's about just like being professional and ready for work and stuff. Um, but KDK, <laughs> go for it. Well, you said practice on photo booth, and I would even <laughs> say go a step further and open your Zoom and turn on your camera and check it out because. Um, This year, luckily it ended okay, but I had a family chat and was kind of foolish enough to use the work Zoom for my my family chat. And we were just talking and joking around. And um, at one point we were talking, I don't even know how we got on this topic. We were talking about ColoGuard, which is an at-home colonoscopy kit. (laughs) And as a joke, I downloaded a picture of ColoGuard and put it as my background. (laughs) So it was like one of the photos in my Zoom account. And I closed the family chat like normal. And then later that week, I had to log in for dailies. (laughs) And my default setting is to not have my camera turned on when you first log in. And then when it was my turn, I turned on my camera and I still had ColoGuard as my background. Oh my um, luckily, luckily, 
somebody, I think the production soup was still screen sharing. So it was only my tiny thumbnail that had Color Guard as the background. <laughs> and I caught it very quickly and turned it off. But had it not been screen sharing and I was talking and I would have been the main image, that would have been bad because <laughs> literally all of the top leadership on the film would have seen that and it would have required a lot of explanation. <laughs> oh my so God. be careful about your special digital backgrounds and make sure that they are not on when you log into a professional meeting. <laughs> that is amazing. Luckily, I... Cologuard's like a pretty sterile looking medical, <laughs> like a, a device equipment. So it's not very obvious what it is, but it, it would have required a, a lot of explanation. <laughs> oh gosh, that's so funny. I feel like with this tip, the thing that I've, gotten wrong before is like the camera angle and I'm mm. thinking of um <laughs> so if you have like if you have like two monitors right and you have a camera on one monitor and you have the zoom session or the google hangouts on the other monitor it can actually uh, look like mm. you're like not engaged or you're not looking at the person yeah. you're talking to and I remember when we all did the rise up talk which was so fun <laughs> and great and awesome. I remember Isabel gave me shit because she was watching it and she was like, it looks like you're like not paying attention. You're like drawing oh, no. or something. Cause I think <laughs> my angle, like I was like looking down or something. And even Bobby Pontius, I think call, didn't call me out, but he was just like, I don't know if Garrett's like drawing or, or something. Oh my gosh. And so funny. I looked back and I was like, Oh man, it's so, it's so horrible. Cause I really did care about that talk. And I was trying to like, you know, I was really anxious about it, but you know, when you're in your first job, you want to be your pe best foot forward, like make sure that you're, I guess, like make your camera the same monitor that your meeting is on. So it looks almost like you're looking at that meeting, which as mm -hmm. I say this now, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like such a dumb tip. Like this is so obvious, <laughs> but just it, it, it's a good thing. You don't want to look like you're disinterested or, yeah, you know, yeah, I don't Things know. Just add up. Yeah, like yeah. you're saying, especially when you're new and, and people don't really know who you are yet, you know, any little thing is, is a nice little, can give you a little edge. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, during this current time, like, I think everyone's extra forgiving. Like, a lot of people have their kids or their pets interrupt, yeah. <laughs> and um, we all know that life's a little crazy right now working from home so you don't have to be embarrassed if that happens to you um but definitely yeah as best you can try, <laughs> try to control it um and that goes for like sound too like maybe if you're in a big group meeting mute yourself so that you don't randomly take over the sound by accident if yeah. something loud happens behind you <laughs> like your cat knocks something off a table or who knows what um, or your air conditioner's on or whatever it is. So, yeah, try to mute yourself if you're not expecting to talk soon. And that's just kind of normal etiquette. Yeah, I, I just remember there's that famous, like, video of the guy who's being interviewed in this, like, newscast and his kids, yes! like, come in. I <laughs> love that video. We should link to that. It's so <laughs> oh funny. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. So good. That funny. is the best video ever. Yeah. Um, I've threatened to do that actually when Ben is like presenting in tailies, <laughs> but we we have not done that yet. Oh my god! 
Yeah, so I think that kind of rounds out everything we wanted to say for remote meeting etiquette. So moving on to our next point, which is actually one that's pretty near and dear to me um, that I jotted down, which is to strive for most improved player. Um, If this is your first job, odds are that you are coming in at or towards the bottom of your department. So it definitely does not make sense at all to compare yourself to others in the department or think about kind of your standing and it makes a lot more sense. And I think it's more important to focus on your personal growth at the studio and your work ethic, Um, especially because uh, we've all gone through several end of year reviews or end of show reviews. And I think in my experience, they're all like entirely focused on your personal growth and your goals and studios or the people that hired you, recruiters and the artists that interviewed you or looked at your work, they're very aware of the level that you're coming in at. And they will compare where you came in to what you've learned um, over the show or over the year. And I can speak extremely personally about this and my experience kind of growing in the trainee department because when I started... Um, I was one of five trainees, and I absolutely had the least experience of all of them. Um, I didn't know a ton of Maya, and two of them actually had already worked on features. Um, One of them had already worked in gaming, so I was really, really (laughs) comparably less experienced. So it just didn't make sense to compare myself to them. But what I could focus on was my work ethic and my desire to improve. And I think that's why I'm still at Disney is because the folks that were training me and mentoring me recognized my desire to grow, which ultimately was the most important thing because, um, yeah, it shows that you're someone who's receptive to notes, easy to work with. And as we've said in the past too, um, you're, personal voice is going to outweigh like your skill set in most cases. So um, I guess I'm getting a little off track here. But the point is just to say like, maybe if you're not like automatically (laughs) the most skilled person coming into a studio, that's not what's most important. Really, people will care about your desire to grow and improve. It's it's also like, you know, purely like a logical thing too. Like if I'm a studio head and I see two people and one's really, really good, right? But they're kind of at a constant rate of talent. Then there's someone who's like, they're they're lower talent-wise, but they're like constantly growing. If I'm the studio head, I'd be like, oh shit, like this is (laughs) something to watch. Like, you know, the, the trajectory of that person like is really right, exciting. If there was a graph. Yeah, yeah. If there's a graph. I'm, I'm, you guys can't see this because you're not, uh, this is a visual <laughs> podcast, but I'm making hand signals and there w- you would be going Katie's, up that graph. <laughs> Garrett's right hand is rising rapidly. <laughs> but yeah, it, it makes sense to me that a studio or a company would be really excited about someone who may have started lower, but then just over time is growing and growing and growing and like I mean, that's that's really exciting, I think, for a company. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. This harkens back to what I was, <laughs> the little uh, rant I went on with the stay humble <laughs> thing and talking about how people kind of 
are at different uh, stages of learning, you know, at different times in their life and stuff. And I just feel like the the people I've seen who have done the best and enjoyed the most successful careers are the people who just don't stop learning and improving. Yeah. And uh, that might mean, you know, that they got none of the internships or any jobs they wanted right out of school, but they just slowly kept plodding along or, you know, or whatever, or maybe they did even, and then kept improving. Uh, I feel like it's, it's just like anything. It's like investing or something where it's like, yeah. you know, uh, slow and steady wins the race and just yeah. keep going, you know? Um, yeah. And point. I don't say that to be like, Oh, freaked out. You always have to be, you know, I don't know, killing yourself to learn more, but you know, just, I think a lot of it is just having like an open mind and being open to learning while still putting in the effort all along the way. And at no point being like, okay, I, I'm an expert now. I got it. You know, <laughs> just having that open mind and, yeah. and, uh, yeah, continuing that trajectory, I think will serve you well. Yeah. I think there's kind of two sides to this coin to talk about. One is like, if you come in and you feel like you're the worst artist in your department, don't be discouraged. Um, because in your first job, that's likely the position you'll be in where, and and we've talked about this before, when you get an internship somewhere, you go from being top dog at your school to all of a sudden being the worst one (laughs) at the studio. (laughs) And it's a tough position or it's a tough adjustment. So don't be discouraged. Just try to improve. Um, And then the flip side of this coin is don't, be cocky and complacent and think you have nothing to learn because that will reflect poorly on you as well. Cause yeah, in this industry, there is always, always more to learn. And there's always someone better than you too. Like, yeah, yeah. very it true. Sucks, <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> there's almost always someone younger and better. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, just accept it. Accept it now. Yeah. Even if you're like the best person you've ever met, you think you're the, you know, God's gift. Just think of James Baxter. He was a supervisor on Beauty and the Beast when he was 23 years old. Oh, you know, like, oh my gosh. You, was uh, he really? 23? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Oh my right? gosh. Did we, I'll have to fact check I believe that, you. But I I'm, believe I'm pretty you. sure, yeah, that he, uh, oh. yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Just think of James Baxter whenever you're depressed. I'm like, yeah, that's that. right. <laughs> yeah. So our last point, and this is a very important one after we talked about, you know, working hard and being humble and everything is that, you know, everything is a balance. So this one is you don't have to tolerate a toxic work environment. Yes. Um, We feel, we all feel very strongly about this. Um, Mm -hmm. And that being said, I I will certainly caveat that uh, we know that you know, if you're out of school, especially, or, you know, you've really got bills to pay, you got to kind of do what you have to do. But um, I think one of the biggest sub points I want to say to this is that better places exist out there. You know, you yeah don't yep. uh, think that a toxic work environment is the only work environment or that, you know, that's just the way things are in the animation industry or whatever industry you're, you're in. Um, that's not true. Um, you know, speaking from experience at, at Disney and DreamWorks and even at PSYOP where I worked before, um, all of those places paid overtime and uh, treated their employees with respect, even though they're, you know, working on projects with very different budgets and very different timelines. Um, and they were wonderful experiences. So, um, 
you know, there, there are other things out there. <laughs> Basically, I'm trying to say that don't feel like you're stuck in, in that job if you're in an abusive situation. Um, so part of that is we want to say, you know, try to leave on time. Don't ghost or do unpaid overtime. Um, don't deal with, a an abusive or manipulative boss or anything. And, and we understand, like I said, that maybe at this moment in time or whatever, wherever you are, you might have to deal with it for a little while. But I think my call to action would be keep looking for more opportunities if you are in a position like that. Because like I said before, uh, there, there is a glut of, of companies out there who are not like that, um, where things will be much better. So, so don't lose hope and keep, you know, while you're working in those places, if you are, uh, take heart and keep applying to other places and trying to build up your reel because it, it certainly, uh, does get better. Yeah. I would even say like, keep in mind pay too. Like you don't have to tolerate low pay. Um, I obviously with the caveat that Ben said of like, maybe, for this immediate future, you have to pay the bills until you find something new. But I guess what I say or why I say this is if you feel like you're being underpaid, that's definitely a good um, impetus to look for new work or think about even switching industries or switching um, your discipline or or uh, <laughs> I'm trying to medium or field of animation. (laughs) Um, So if it's not providing you a comfortable lifestyle or it's not helping you pay off debt or whatever it is, you can absolutely look for something better and, and try to raise your pay. Yeah. And it's worth noting that when you have a job, it's a really good time to look for a new job because you are you know, you can spend like if you if you know if you're working 40 hours a week, you can spend like a couple hours maybe just looking for something new because you know there's it, you're in a good position basically. Like, who cares if mm-hmm. if you fail that interview somewhere? You have a job to back up on. So I guess it, yeah. it's just a that's good reminder. That's a very good point. Yeah, like if you, if you're in this toxic work environment, um, that sucks, and our hearts go out to you. Like that's really not good, but. Um, it is a good time to look for new opportunities during that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I think like, um, shoot, what was I going to say? I, again, with I would kind of reference our past episode, the work-life balance one with David yeah. Sidoni and Rebecca Perez too, where yeah. I think something they said that I really liked is also just kind of try to talk about it too. Like if you are in a position yeah. like that, um, you don't automatically have to leave. You could always say to your producer higher up and be like, Hey, I'm, I'm having to work a lot of overtime and I'm not being compensated for it. Like, do we have any creative solutions or anything? And then it's up to that. Maybe they'll be respect receptive and maybe not. And if they're not, I'd say that's when you definitely start to really aggressively look for other opportunities. Um, but yeah, it's worth talking about. And something else I wanted to mention and, this thing I loved, and it, it didn't really hit me until I was in grad school because one of our professors said it to us then, but um, we were just talking in general about like our hopes and dreams for our jobs down the line. And 
I think at one point I had said something like, oh, I just want to have a job where I don't like dread going to it in, <laughs> in, the, in the morning or on Sunday night, you know? Um, yeah, that high bar that I was shooting for. <laughs> but, Such um, a high bar. Yeah. And um, she actually said, well, of course you should be shooting for that. Like, that's why you're in animation. Like, you didn't study animation to be miserable. You know, yeah. it's like if you're yeah. going to be... If you're, if you don't think you should enjoy your job somehow, like do something that pays better. You know what I mean? <laughs> like as ridiculous as that sounds, it's like, you know, well, if you're okay with being miserable, at least get paid more for it. I, I feel like <laughs> the reason you're like, not that animation can't pay well, but I'm saying like the reason we took a chance on studying animation um, probably to our parents' discontent for a lot of us <laughs> Um, was because we were passionate about this thing that we enjoyed and we want to enjoy that every day when we go to work. And that's not to say that every day is going to be a dream, but I think it is important that part of your job, your eventual goals for your career are that you're in a position where you generally enjoy things and you yes. legitimately kind of, you know, enjoy work and, and you don't want to kill yourself every Sunday night because you have to go to work the next day. Um, because yeah, if not in animation, if not in this risky kind of tumultuous, but crazy fun industry, where else are you going to get that, you know, that enjoyment? I don't know if that's exactly the right way to word it, but uh, I hope you guys know what I mean that like, you know, yeah, we recognize that there might very well be very serious limitations to your ability to leave somewhere or move somewhere, whether it's financial or, um, or it could be social pressures or, or maybe you don't want to lose insurance or something like that. So what we recommend, yeah, is to keep your job and then just do your best to save an emergency fund and, just take the time to look for new work, like we were saying, um, and on the side of working this job that might be tough or less than ideal. So be careful, or I guess just, yeah, be strategic about making a move and finding something better. Okay, so lastly, we wanted to go over a couple of honorable mentions. So these are tips uh, from some friends that bonus, bonus. That's bonus right. content. Yeah, <laughs> some buddies. Some buddies gave us these tips. Who we we didn't think we would make like full points out of these, but we thought they were fun to throw in at the end. And I'm sure there's a trillion others, but here are a couple that kind of spoke to us that we liked. This one definitely juicy. Buy a good pair of headphones. <laughs> That's great advice, Ben. It's important. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Did you yeah. guys have more? We just leave oh it my there. God. Actually, headphones. that's like the first thing I did when I started as a trainee. I went. It seems silly, but it's. And like, yeah, I just had true. like a sad pair of, of um, just really cheap, like $20 headphones. And I immediately learned they would not do the trick uh, for. I was, I was at like a pod with five other people it was very <laughs> loud and we were in the middle of all of the artist managers who constantly have meetings so yeah that was the first thing i did was getting some noise canceling headphones highly recommend Hon honestly yeah like noise canceling is great and like 
if you're gonna cheap out on something, like don't cheap out on the headphones. I think that's <laughs> such good advice. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Here's an extra fun one that I'm just adding off the cuff. Wow. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this kind of goes goes along with stuff that we've already said, but I'll say like establish um healthy routines for yourself. Oh, yeah. And it kind of goes yeah. along with what we talked about before, where like try not to work like super late overtime, don't come in like hungover and stuff. And I'm saying this more out of, um, shoot, concern for longevity, I'll say. Um, mm -hmm. I'll say even, I haven't even been in the industry very long, but I'll <laughs> say like from when I started at like 26 years old to where I am now in early 30s, I feel like I feel a big difference in like yeah. my body and my yeah. mental state of being and stuff. Uh, just with like, you know, whether I like take care of myself and burn out or whatever. So and say, you know, if you're 23 and you got this awesome internship and, you know, rolled into a job or whatever, and you feel like you can work forever, um, maybe still don't do that though. <laughs> Try to focus on <laughs> establishing good, healthy routines for yourself that will serve you well into, uh, you know, later year, you know, careers are long, man. They're decades and decades long Compared to a whole career, you know, your time at school is like a, you know, just a drop in the bucket. So um, take care of yourself and uh, focus on longevity. That's amazing. Yeah. Sustainability and mental health. Like. Sustainability. Yeah. Well said. Lastly, I uh, want to say this is another great one is find uh, trusted mentors. And yes. this is a, a big one, especially, um, yeah, when you're starting out somewhere or whatever. It's so helpful. I know certainly over the course of my career, um, I've, I've been lucky enough to be, uh, to befriend a couple, you know, animators that I really admired, or they don't even necessarily have to be in the exact same, uh, discipline as you, yeah. but, um, and, and I've talked to them about all manner of things, whether it's compensation or, mm -hmm. you know, feeling insecure about my current deadline on my shots or if it's a big thing like, um, you know, I'm considering taking this other job opportunity or something. Um, I guess the underlying thing is, you know, don't feel like you have to go it alone. You know, yeah. um, everyone, I'm not going to say almost everyone, everyone in the industry has some people they talk to about tough decisions they make and, and kind of vent to and stuff. So um, certainly don't shy away from that. Yeah. Um, super practically, if you're like an animator or you're an artist, I think it's a really good idea if you're new to find someone who's not your supervisor or not in a leadership position on your show that you can use as like a trusted pair of eyes and gut check for whether they think your work is ready to show um, or whether they think you properly addressed a note. So then you're not, <laughs> it's kind of an extra level of safety so that you're not putting yourself out there to someone who's in charge of evaluating you. So I think it's like a really nice gut check to find your trusted people in the department to, yeah, help you assess whether your, your work's up to speed and, and, and in a good place. <laughs> All right, so this is 
our tip jar for this episode, as you know from the <laughs> thing we just did. <laughs> um, yeah, so this tip is about, you know, I like to think of this tip as the graph editor isn't the end-all be-all. And I thought about this while I was actually animating this week, and I was thinking, like, how sometimes, like, the viewport, like, the actual animation can look good, but then when you look at the graph editor, it looks um, wrong. And sometimes I have the temptation to, like, clean it up in the graph editor, mm. even though it looks normal. And I, I think it just re it reminded me that, like, the graph editor isn't the end-all be-all. Like, it's, like, it, it's really what looks good on the camera is what you should focus on because there are so many weird relationships in with with like ikfk yeah. or like things inheriting other transforms and it, we we may have yeah. mentioned this before too but it can like just like forget it like sometimes it's useful to just like forget about the stuff that's in the graph editor and just yeah look at what's visual and we know we all know some animators who don't even use the graph editor and I commend them all. Like I'm like blown away <laughs> by them, but the, you know, some people just work visually on ones and I, it's impressive. So um, what do you, I'm curious to you guys' opinion on this one. Yeah, I think it's a great point and it's, it's a good reminder for me because I'm, I'm definitely someone who tends to be a little OCD about my curves and I like really want them to be very clean and have nice ease ins and ease outs but there are definitely moments where like logic or in my head i'm like i want the torso to be rotated more in this specific way and then i'll like noodle in the graph editor trying to achieve it and I can't get the pose I want. And then I realize, oh my God, why don't I just manipulate it in the viewport? <laughs> why am I like pulling these keys in the graph editor to try to get a pose? Like I can literally take the character and pose it like a puppet. <laughs> so those that's a great reminder because I'm, I'm definitely guilty of like animating in the graph editor when it's more efficient to actually grab the control and move it around. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree. It's, I mean, the graph editor can be a great tool and can help you kind of organize things and be more efficient. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's only the, you know, two dimensional image on the screen that matters. And yeah, I feel like the more I animate, the less I spend time noodling with the graph editor. Like I'll, I'll use it for what it's worth, but then I'll kind of break away as soon as it's causing more headaches than, than helping me. Um, yeah. And that, that's certainly a process. And like Katie said, or and Garrett said, I mean, and they're all over the map animators. Some people like animate almost exclusively in the graph editor. Some people are the opposite and are very like, you know, image oriented and barely look at the graph editor at all. But, you know, overall, you know, to Garrett's initial point, it's, you know, what's in the viewport matters the most. So um, certainly never let the graph editor be a, a hindrance to you. Yeah, that's a yeah. great way to look at it. <laughs> and and another kind of element of what we're all saying is don't be afraid to cheat to camera. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, uh -huh. you would be surprised um, at the amount of cheating that goes on at big companies. You know, like I, I'm thinking of shots that I've done like now on Raya where I'm like, oh my gosh, if you moved the camera, like, <laughs> like 
three degrees like over you would it wouldn't work like literally the shot wouldn't work and that's fine i mean you know what though like i guess i should hesitate to say that because it can affect other departments um so it really depends but yeah i i would say if you're doing like an animation test or something it's like okay to cheat to camera yeah yeah for sure I'll caveat that, like, I think it is important to have an understanding of the graph editor. Um, Just definitely. There are definitely scenarios where, like, you need to use the graph editor to diagnose something that might be, like, super popping. And then it's really easy to just pull up the graph and you can see a spike right in the spot where there's a where there's a pop and it's easy to clean that way. But um, but. Yes, at the end of the day, the image in the, in the camera is what matters most, and no one cares if your graph is clean. <laughs> well, I think that is bringing us to the end of the episode. Um, we definitely encourage you guys to hit us up on social media. And on that point, actually, one of the things we discussed over the break was sort of sustainability of the podcast and making sure that uh, we can put our best effort forward for you guys. And we kind of collectively decided that as a group, we want to prioritize the podcast itself and the content we bring you um, <laughs> on the airways <laughs> over um, some of our social media efforts. So we've decided as a group, we're going to pull back from Facebook and Twitter and prioritize Instagram um, and our email. So yeah, definitely um, moving forward, if you want to reach out to us, we encourage you guys to comment on our Instagram posts or send us some DMs um, or also email us at our email address, animationhappyhour at gmail.com. I will also give a brief plug. We have not received a review of the podcast since August. What? (laughs) I I suspect that might be because we are not running our demo reel review (laughs) lottery at the moment. But if you guys have time, we love to hear your reviews. They make us so happy. Um, it sometimes it can send like we're just sending this podcast out into the ether and we don't actually know if anybody's listening or anybody <laughs> likes it. So if you have time, please uh, send us or, or write us a review on Apple. Uh, we, we really enjoy that. Absolutely. And so this has been Garrett, Katie, and Ben. Thanks for listening and happy. happy.